0: Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here as always with my good friend and colleague Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott, how are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. As always, I'm excited about today's podcast episode. I want to welcome all of you new listeners in. Uh, Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. If you want to hear more about Tommy's story, or my story, or our journey with fasting and how fasting has transformed our lives, you can head back to the original episodes when we were we little brand new infant podcasters and we (laughs) just had a story to share and we decided to turn on some microphones and uh, 1.2 million downloads later here we are uh, speaking to you listeners every single week Mm -hmm. and I just want to welcome the new listeners in go ahead check out our story be graceful give us a little grace you know Uh, we, (laughs) we we we've evolved along the years and yeah uh, today's conversation that we're going to be talking about sleep actually relates directly back to the beginning of my journey. And I know Tommy, you had some direct ties with sleep as well. Absolutely. And we're going to talk through our briefly through our journey and how it relates to the topic of sleep. What we really want to give you, cause I personally feel that sleep is very under discussed or under, it, it's just not talked about enough. Mm -hmm. when it comes to specifically weight loss, but really just overall health, especially in today's world.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Um, as our world keeps speeding up and we are just moving at like just light speed, sleep becomes less and less desirable, harder and harder to get. And it it just feels like we're, we're kind of constantly being pulled away from it. I mean, we have, we have screens and devices in front of us all the time that are so much more interesting than actually just closing our eyes and getting some rest. But, it turns out like it's, it's so important and it can make all the difference between you know, weight loss, health, success, and versus just you know, not understanding, not being able to put all the pieces together. And uh, that's, that's where I was for, for a long, long, long time.
0: So let's define some terms and just go over some basic numbers and stats and then set the stage for the conversation about sleep. And then we're gonna relate it directly to a study that Tommy's gonna break down and talk about some numbers directly related to weight loss. But then I also want to zoom back out and talk about how sleep is an integral part of um, having a healthy metabolic state or being metabolically healthy, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And we've done podcast episodes on it. It was a a big uh, research um, analysis that came out. I believe it was in 2021, late 2021. We did an episode on it where it said that about only about 12% of people are actually metabolically healthy. Right. And that really was kind of a an eye opening message to at least to us in that you know the work that we're doing and in reversing insulin resistance and reversing diabetes and getting the weight off and maintaining mm-hmm. those changes um, and why it's so important and you know one of those the, the pieces of that puzzle in in connecting it to insulin resistance is is that metabolic health piece and sleep really like you had alluded to, Tommy, is, has become something that, and we'll talk about boundaries too, related to fasting and sleep and how it affects your cravings and hunger and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But for instance, you know, sleep is one of those things that seems to be pushed, right? Pushed, pushed out of, out of the necessity category into the, oh, I'll get it. I'll I'll sleep when I die. Right. Or I'll sleep when I'm dead type mentality. Right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some stats. We'll talk about sleep. We'll give some definitions. We'll talk about the study and how it relates to weight loss and insulin resistance. And then we're going to share with you um, our sleep guide that we've created that we use inside of our challenges and inside of our coaching, Mm -hmm. our continuity group. This is something that we created that's going to help you be able to go home today, or if you're driving or listening, or maybe you're already at home, literally go make these changes in your house or plan tonight for tomorrow morning or literally be able to do one or two things now that can start working on this sleep problem. And it's one of the coolest things that we hear with people that have been working with us for a while when they say, "You know what? I can't tell you how much better I'm sleeping mm. 2 years down the road or 6 months into my fasting journey." And it's 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 just it's awesome to see that you, well, like when you pull the blinders off, because you really yeah. don't know how bad you sleep until you start sleeping well. Ooh,
1: that's a good point right there. That's one where a couple of years ago, you probably couldn't have told me that with, with me actually like taking that in, internalizing it and, and thinking about that in a way that that I could do something differently. Because I, I was I was always looking at sleep like, well, it's kind of a necessary evil that that was the label I would have given it, I would have said, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Or I just don't need that much sleep. Like no, I'm, I'm different. I'm different. I can function on less sleep. You know, if, if I get four hours, I'm going to wake up the next day. Most of how I, I would be even if I got eight hours, I, I would definitely slide by on like five, five and a half hours, easy, multiple nights in a row, if I needed to pull an all nighter, like during college, I got in the habit of doing that. I could, I could pull that off whenever I needed to no big deal. Right. Turns out there were a lot of reasons why I wish I had had a different perspective, but, but that's, that's how I looked at sleep. And so it was, it was in the optional category for me, for sure. Yeah. And it, right now it's actually optional for me
0: as we just had our third child. <laughs> um, and I slept on a mattress in our closet. Oh, um, wow. due to some circumstances and I just needed a night. Like I was like, yeah. no, my wife's like, go, I don't want you too far. You know, we're five days into this when we're recording mm. right wow. this episode. And I'm like, all right, so this is this is the fix. And I was able to get a good chunk and I woke up feeling a lot better and more, more rested today. But for so you protected clarity, sleep.
1: You protected sleep right there.
0: I did, but I still didn't get enough because sure. I was up later working on some things that mm. I thought were more important than my sleep. So okay. I created a short-term sleep deprivation and severe sleep deprivation can be defined, look at this transition or segue, can be defined as getting 4.5 hours of sleep per night or less. And Mm. now we're not talking total sleep. I mean, we're not, uh, this, excuse me, this number can also, there's you can go down the rabbit hole here and start dissecting like the different sleep cycles and that is not what we are. Okay, that's not what I'm doing. Dr. Rebecca Robbins, she's incredible. She has a lot of great research out there about sleep. She's someone that I go to um, if I need to, You know, I've asked her questions on Instagram and she's responded mm-hmm. with some guidance. Uh, so she's incredible. Um, she is the research sleep specialist, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so what, what I'm saying here is, sleep deprivation, severe sleep deprivation, less than four and a half hours of sleep per night. Okay, so that's gonna change some people's perspective. Now we want uninterrupted sure. sleep too. We don't want this constant awake sleep, awake sleep, awake sleep. Yeah, and I'm going to give a real basic definition of what sleep deprivation is, not in the severe category, but in the average category.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the sleep needs, and I know you wore this as a badge of honor, Tommy, and I did as well. Yes. Um, going through college, working in the restaurant industry, you know, being up late, up early, um, consistently pushing the envelope,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: thinking, you know, that I was going to get ahead by operating in those uh, gray areas, right? So when we're looking at different sleep needs, zero to three months, all the way up to 17 hours a day, right? So I would love to have a retreat. We're gonna do a fasting for life retreat, seven days, we all sleep for 17 (laughs) hours. And you're gonna lose 10 pounds because that's how important sleep is when it comes to weight loss. So now we're looking at, let's say, (laughs) right? Yeah, 14 to 18 years of age. So adolescents, 70% of adolescents um do not get enough sleep and they need mm-hmm. eight to ten hours yeah. so if i go back to my sports schedule my after school curriculum my homework no i was getting maybe six right maybe on average so there was a lot of during there was a lot of nights that i was less than that
1: during such an important time too like right. think
0: of all the growth cycling development to happened neural yeah. neural brain growth development stages right so mm-hmm. And then as we get to 25 to 45, 45 to 60, and 70 to 90, we really all need about seven to nine hours. So there's a misconception out there that, oh, the older you get, the less sleep you need. Not yeah. technically. Now, some people are different and everybody's metabolic fingerprints a little bit different. So I know Elon sure. Musk, I think he came out recently. He was like, yeah, I sleep six six hours a night and I can function and, and create, do all the things that I do on six hours right. a night. And I remember the interview being like, wow, that's actually a lot. I thought you were gonna say like four. Right. Because he's, you know, he does a lot of stuff. Right. Or yeah. like, um, you know, they he's you busy. see these posts on, on social media, like, you know, Jeff Bezos, he sleeps eight hours a night and gets up at 9am every morning or whatever. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to get up at 9am every morning. <laughs> so seven to nine hours is really from 25 until our through our 90s. Mm-hmm. But we don't typically, I know me personally speaking. So I started messing this process up in in high school. and then through college years and then i started multiple businesses i was in clinical practice i got married i had kids so guess what your sleep sometimes gets pushed to the outer limits of necessity because Mm -hmm. of all these other things that need to be cared for looked after or taken care of and we're really undermining the natural healing process and 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 the weight loss capability and the metabolic flexibility by not following mm-hmm. these categories.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's crazy. Uh, a lot of good points in there too, because um, what I also heard, uh, or what, what that reminded me of, was the fact that then later into your 30s, utilizing a lot of your free time to jump on the rowing machine, right? To, to get more calories in, to get more calories burned there because you're, you're at that point, you're chasing your health, right? And you're trying to lose the weight. So you jump on, I I did the same thing where even at, if it, if it was 10 o'clock at night, could be 11 o'clock at night, I might jump on the, on the treadmill or on the, um, on the like elliptical machine. So I could burn some more of the calories. Well, I, I, I could have just gone to bed and I could have burned through Probably half of those calories. Sure, it wouldn't have looked as good on my um, my my calorie tracker, right? But but my physiology would have been better for it. My 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 metabolic rate, my fat burning would have been better off for it. I would have had better inhibitions and self control the next day, and better quality of life the next day and the next day after that too. Whereas I was I was focused on trying to get the the calorie numbers to fit in, and then th- think back to your your Sunday. Um, afternoon example where you're doing all the meal prep, right? How much time does that take? Where you're, you're literally prioritizing the things that you're, you're thinking are going to get you those pieces of the health puzzle back when you could have been prioritizing the sleep that would have been central to the healing process right then. And as we're going to see, would have probably made a, a noticeable difference over time in your actual caloric intake and body composition too. I know of a colleague
0: who is a functional medicine provider who works in the blood sugar diabetes reversal type area, right arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, balancing hormones, reducing insulin resistance, fasting, all of those different things, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: With the um, outcome of increasing long term health metrics, that will not accept clients if they do not agree to make sleep the number one priority. And sometimes mm-hmm. they'll even have to go through like some test runs and track their sleep. And once the body gets enough sleep, then they can get into the program. Yeah. And I know there's some challenges out there too, weight loss challenges. These, you know, I, I saw this at the beginning of, of the pandemic and it was lose, lose the weight, right? Lose the, the COVID-15 or whatever they were doing <laughs> yeah. strategically marketing to it, right? right? And it's a five-day challenge, but it was a sleep challenge. Mm. There were no food recommendations, no workouts, nothing. It was literally increasing their sleep
1: yeah. to
0: then result in a better functioning physiology, which then sure. was allowing the body to drop the pounds. And yeah. for so for definitions, because we talked about severe sleep deprivation, but sleep deprivation is defined as Not simply, not obtaining adequate total sleep. So then people are going to say, well, what the heck's adequate total sleep? For 25 to 90, it's seven to nine hours. Now, if I slept nine hours tonight, I would wake up tomorrow and be in a complete brain fog. (laughs) I am good and I feel good and my cravings are good. And we'll go into the connection to insulin resistance and all the metabolic stuff here in a second is usually in that seven to seven and a half hour range because we know that one night of less than four and a half hours mm. can have a two week two week effect on your on your physiology your metabolic physiology mm. and your sleep patterns so I know if my kids stay up late and they don't get their 10 to 11 hours a night right now because they're in the three to five range sometimes 12 that they're going to be off they're not going to be the same they're going to act differently they're going to ask for more desserts and snacks. They're going to be, you know, the little, the little, the little terrorist minions that we talk about. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And we prioritize sleep as a family. Right. So I'm, I'm definitely the the black sheep in, in the family <laughs> when it comes to sleep, everybody yeah. else is really good at it. I'm still learning and improving, but the whoop that is uh, so whoop, if you're listening, come sponsor the show because we don't have any sponsors, but we would love to have you. And it's, it's transformed my understanding of what the heck I'm doing when I choose to not prioritize sleep. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit, my point of saying that is it's going to be a little bit different for every individual, but sure. sleep deprivation is just not obtaining adequate total sleep, seven to nine hours. That's it. So that transitions perfectly into this sleep study that Tommy, you kind of unpack some of the numbers here. And if we're talking and relating it specifically to weight loss, and then we'll go into the insulin resistance piece, yeah. it was kind of mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, it really was. Um, I, I wish I could go back in time. I say, I say this a lot because it's, it's so true. I wish I could go back in time and, and see this data so clearly because during the time when I was accumulating weight year after year after year, what I was thinking about sleep was... Now, it's, it's not really in, in control. It's not central to my weight or to my health, um, but that's absolutely not the case. And it, it, it really is central and, and the data backs it up in a really interesting way. Um, the, the bottom line for it, people who are overweight, who routinely sleep less than six and a half hours each night eat about 150 calories per day different. And when, when they just get a little bit more sleep, about an hour to an hour and a quarter um, of additional sleep, that bridges the gap right there. And those numbers really add up over time. So to kind of break down the study a little bit here, um, what they did was they took overweight individuals, um, people with a 25 to 30 BMI, and, and split them up into two groups in over weeks and said, okay, either keep doing what you're doing Eating stays the same, sleep stays the same, just keep doing what you're doing. We're just gonna track the results over a two-week period. And then the other group was, hey, we're gonna help you sleep a little bit better to get up to eight and a half hours of sleep per night, but they're not gonna, they're gonna leave them in the group. They're not gonna do any further intervention. They're just gonna help them work on their sleep habits just a little bit so they can get a little bit longer sleep. And what they found was astounding. Because the difference that separated between the two groups over just a two-week period really, really adds up over time. You're talking about 150 calories in one group and 100 calorie difference in the other group. Every single day, difference in consumption with no change in metabolic rate, no change in what they were actually eating from day to day. But just having a little bit more time, a little bit less sleep, a little less rest, a little less inhibition. Right. And, and these things just add up to, you know, just a few more bites, but every single day they, they add up. And just over that two week period, you're talking about an increase in a, in a pound in the group that slept less. And you're talking about a decrease in a whole pound of fat in the group that slept just that one to 1.2 hours more. So you're talking about now over a two pound difference between those groups in, a, in just a two week period. And we can see how that is just that, that adds up like that's a snowball effect right there. And that was just for fat body fat content or was that for total scale? Yeah. Um, the results were similar in both, but there was, there was about a, a two to two and a half pound difference in total weight and mm-hmm. about a pound and a half, um, difference in, in just body fat alone over a pound, um, and close to a pound and a half, uh, of body fat in, in just those two weeks. Okay. So what I
0: was hearing there was there was a sleep extension group and a control group. And literally mm-hmm. this is the coolest thing about this study that I found was like, no, you just keep doing what you're doing. Yep. And that that group was like, just keep doing what you're doing. Was that less than six and a half hours per night, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I fell into that category and still fall into that category quite right. often. Yeah. So annoying. But <laughs> you got to know where the weak spot is, so then we can yes. we can improve it, right? So, yes. and the the interesting thing, the other thing that I really liked about this, what I was hearing was, this was between a BMI, right? So BMI between 25 and 29. So this is the overweight Mm -hmm. category, not the obese category. So the overweight category in in the United States is about 72% of the population. Mm. Um, When you, when you factor in that category and and the obese, the the obese category as well. So we're looking at the majority of people out there. So this was a, a good reference range for me of 21 to 40 years old, right? So the people that are most likely at any given time, you know, 50 to 60% of the population is actively trying to lose weight,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? So this, I like this because it was like, okay, this is me. This is what I used to do. This is what I tend to still do sometimes. I'm in a season (laughs) with a new baby where I'm going to be in this, just keep Mm -hmm. doing what you do in control group of sleeping less than six and a half hours a night, right? But it's the overweight category, the 15 to 20 pound group. It's the 21 to 40 years of age, men and women, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's really like a good comparison to like the average, right? The average person that's probably listening or came to fasting to lose some weight. Right? So the last takeaway, man, that just smacked me in the face from this was when the previous research linked each hour of sleep reduction relative to seven hours of sleep, right? Mm. To a 9% increase in obesity risk
1: yeah
0: just unpack each that a little we need to hear each, that again
1: each hour that you slept less than those seven hours was a nine percent increase in obesity risk and and that that continued for for each hour that you added to that and so what what yeah that nine did was, so yeah if you went from yeah. seven to six nine
0: percent six to five nine percent five Another to four night, yeah nine percent and yes. just one night right one night of less than four and a half hours is detrimental And then, uh, one night of less than seven or in this study, uh, they were doing the six and a half mark is a 9% increase in obesity risk.
1: Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And it, it, it just, it's cumulative. And like the, the thing that I didn't, I didn't understand for those times when I, I pulled an all nighter or I did have one of those like less than four and a half hours, like the, the more extreme, you know, kind of nights was that. If if you with a little bit of deliberate effort, you can get right back on track, you know, it might only take you a night or two, to really get that get that back. But but you have to be very intentional about it. Because when when you start looking at the stuff that says, well, you're you're off track for two weeks, like that, that's detrimental. That's because it doesn't just correct itself. You know, quickly, like accidentally, you have to be really intentional about getting that back on track, right?
0: This was the thing that Whoop has really opened my eyes to. Again, Whoop, if you're listening, reach out. Info at defastingforlife. <laughs> right. um, it was that it's it it tells you, hey, you screwed up last night. Uh, now you mm-hmm. need to you need nine and a half hours in bed tonight to get caught up from just yesterday. And I'm like, uh, eesh, okay, I'm um, <laughs> not sure when that's going to happen. Right, so making it a priority and putting those boundaries around it, just like fasting is, is something that we have to do to see a consistent result over time. Um, but I just, I can't get over the fact that the control group compared to the sleep extension group, the the group that was sleeping more, the, the sleeping group had a 270 calorie less consumption per day.
1: Yeah. There was a wide gap created between those two groups. It at, yeah, it added up to 270 calories per day. Do You like there. There's so many so many studies that that point to similar data on this. And you start doing the math on this. Even a 200 calorie per day difference, which is which is what we find in that five hour per night group. That's mm-hmm. that's 0. 0.4 pounds a week. That's 1.7 pounds of fat per month and 20 over 20 pounds of fat in a year. And and even even when the results are like. 150 calories per day you're you're over 15 pounds of additional fat per year that that's that's adding up that makes it to where regardless of eating all the right stuff or tracking all of the calories perfectly and not not knowing why the the numbers just don't seem to be adding up or the scale still not moving like this starts to really explain why you can you can really you can have a good fast and a terrible night's sleep and go, well, I thought the scale would be down today. Like what happened? Like we've even seen some people 36 hour fast and what, what it didn't it didn't drop at all. Well, how was your sleep last night? Oh, it was it was terrible. Well, that might be the exact reason for it. Because you go into like a, a water retention, Your your glycogen stores are going to stay fuller longer, metabolic rate takes a little hit Temporarily, and all of a sudden, you're you're in more of a stress mode rather than a yeah, it's okay to burn mode, right? Like your physiology is different.
0: Hey, y'all! I wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently, um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's AirDoctorPro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night, uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out, um, how we can help him sleep. And, uh, the reality is, uh, we are pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put, The Air Doctor Pro in his room, and I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35-plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting, and we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not gonna lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room they filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day Breathe Easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code fasting life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers, an exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener, now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and this the incredible results that we've seen. I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. And if you go out there into the weight loss world, the industry standard message that you're going to hear about healthy weight loss is about one to two pounds per week. Mm hmm. So if we're talking about just that 200 calorie you know, increase over the course of a week, it's going to add up and it's going to slow down your progress to the point of frustration. Mm-hmm. And this is why the boundaries around sleep are important because I'll unpack just rat-a-tat-tat here, how sleep lack, not, so sleep deprivation, not adequate sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not the less than four and a half hour severe sleep deprivation category, but just the general healthy Definition of sleep deprivation, which is not getting enough adequate sleep every night. Okay. Um, right. It's it's you're going to then increase the fatigue. You're going to decrease your leptin, which is the hormone that tells your body. And we did a whole episode on leptin recently. That uh, that it's that it's full. That it has enough stores for winter. And right. your ghrelin hunger hormone, your short acting ghrelin hormone is going to go up. You're going to be awake with more opportunity to eat. I don't know about you guys, but being up late at night, like the the snack monster wants to get me. Your yep. body temperature is gonna Absolutely. decrease. You're gonna have altered body thermoregulation, right? And the total daily energy expenditure, the TDEE that your body burns every day has other categories that aren't just exercise related. So mm-hmm. NEAT, right? Non-exercise activity thermogenesis, right? So your right. body burning off that extra consumption. Your cortisol is gonna go up your sympathetics are going to go up, your appetite and cravings are going to go up due to the hormone Mm -hmm. imbalances, your metabolic rate and flexibility is going to go down your glucose tolerance, the ability of your body to process the glucose floating around in the bloodstream, which triggers insulin to then either store it or shuttle it into a cell or Mm -hmm. into the liver or to burn it and your insulin levels and the time insulin is going to be there in your bloodstream is going to go up. And that is going to result in things like insulin resistance, weight gain, obesity, and metabolic syndrome. So why do we care about the BMI and the weight? Well, because that leads to higher weight categories. And we know the correlations between carrying the extra weight and the adverse health effects that happen and start to show up like metabolic syndrome and the high blood pressure and cholesterol and blood sugar related issues that pop up in, you know, your fourth or fifth decade of life. But they really started you know, back in your teenage years when you weren't getting enough adequate sleep and you were increasing this insulin resistance and this, this inability of your body to have this metabolic flexibility. Um, it's just crazy that, you know, just by that one night of sleep, you're going to have, you know, that caloric, that potential caloric increase. And you might, the point of me bringing all that up is you might be able to willpower your way and Navy seal your way through that for a short period (laughs) of time. But yeah. if you're constantly undermining the effect of the weight loss program or the fasting schedule that you're following, mm-hmm. if you're constantly undermining that with not getting enough sleep and you have all of those hormonal cascades take place that I just mentioned, yeah. Guess what? That is a that is a that is a heavy cross to bear. Right. Um, in trying to 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 will your way through that and we talk about willpower a lot that it is finite. It is that consistent win, that consistent showing up. So I just love the fact that when we talk about boundaries around fasting
1: mm-hmm. and our
0: fasting windows versus our eating windows or our nutrition windows, we can do the same thing with sleep, which is why we have the um, how to get great sleep infograph guide that we're going to have you guys go to the website, thefastingforlife.com, thefastingforlife.com um and you can go to the resources you can download it we'll zip it over into your inbox but it's going to give you five or six exact things that you can do today to start slowly pulling back the layers Mm -hmm. of the inadequate sleep
1: so powerful those boundaries like just the reason why there's so much magic in getting those little boundaries right for fasting and then but also for sleeping but and they they work together like so powerfully that it's, it can blow your mind.
0: I can only (laughs) speak from experience, right? Like, yeah. So I did keto, I did fasting. I was doing all this metabolic testing. One test I ran just to, to make sure wasn't my, here's the problem is all of my numbers look good. I had a little bit off in my liver enzymes. My blood pressure was slightly elevated, but it always been that like always air quotes, always always been that way. Mm Um, and, Started having a lot more fatigue and brain fog. By the way, these are signs of weight loss and insulin resistance, right? Sure.
1: Yeah. And
0: um, they're also signs of guess what? Sleep deprivation. Okay. Right. Like mm-hmm. so, insomnia, and you know, seventy percent of American population doesn't get enough sleep, and ten yep. percent suffer from insomnia, and and mi- millions and millions of Americans have trouble getting consistent sleep. And yeah. as we age, we have more inflammation and more pain, and et cetera, et cetera. Right. So. I was literally having these little like flares go up and had some short term results and would get on the rower and force my way through, but was going through a lot of stress and business and life and kids mm-hmm. and marriage and family and all this stuff. Right. Speaking to the I know I'm preaching to the choir here. Right. Um, but from a place of of experience, it it wasn't fasting, just fasting. I shouldn't say just fasting. It wasn't. Mm. just fasting that got me <laughs> to make the the lifestyle changes that then made me a better husband and regain my health and completely change the trajectory of my life it was focusing on the stress and the sleep to the point where mm. my wife and i would do these programs together right and she's an overachiever and she crushes it and you know <laughs> different different scenario different situation right um in terms of Insulin resistance and 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 um,
1: yeah, she uh, how her
0: body that. responds. Yeah, how her body yeah. responds to the macros and the, and the working out, etc. We would we would we would do these programs together. I remember, we did this one once. It was called the Dolce Diet, and mm-hmm. uh, Mike Dolce, and, and we were doing all this stuff. And I've mentioned this before, but I would know that if I woke up and had a poor night of sleep, like if I was up for a couple hours in the middle of the night or I was up a bunch of times, like mm-hmm. I knew at weigh in the next morning that the scale was either going to be the same or go up. I could have done everything perfectly. I could have worked out perfectly. I could have tracked all my macros. I could have gotten my exercise in, gotten my steps in, did my meditation, gone to bed on time. And if I had a poor night of sleep, that scale would be the same or go up the following day. And that's when it hit me. Oh, okay. Like you got to do something about this. And fasting was really the first step to start to allow me to feel better and have the energy and the focus to start working on sleep and stress and all of the yeah. other pieces that come with this. So speaking from personal experience, it was a huge eye opener. And this is one of the first re- uh, resources that we ever made for our challenges was yeah. this how to get great sleep guide. Cause we want to begin with the end in mind, which is getting the long-term result of sustainable weight loss and health and not just be constantly stuck on that yo-yo.
1: Yeah. And that's the cool thing. When, when we start to see a little bit of, of fasting results, and then when we maybe don't see the results during a, a certain fast, and then we go, wait a minute, but I, I did everything right. Right. Like, like why didn't the scale move that time? And now maybe I, I hold start on. Was to it,
0: was it the, the dinner roll I had? Yeah. Was it the, 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 the evil, you know, f- insert bad food here? Was it mm-hmm. the decision I made? Was it, was it? Did I not fast right? Did I? Did I do? Yeah. Did, did I? Did I not calculate is, is the time fasting. right?
1: Yeah, is fasting not working for me, or is it right. not going to work for me? Right. But if we take a look and go, what was my sleep quality last night? Did did I get good sleep? Did I get enough of it? Because that can be enough for your body to go. Well, we didn't have the time to heal. We didn't have the time to get more efficient the next day to regenerate regenerate any of the cells that we we used or used up yesterday. So. We're not working we're not working quite as hard today we didn't get to get through all the glycogen or or get into as deep a ketosis state yesterday right. or or today either so i i think i think that that everything here is like it's we can start to put some fine points on why sleep is is so important not just this whole like this pie in the sky idea of sleep is good, right? Yeah, but 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 why does it matter? It, it matters because it affects the body in in very tangible physiological ways, and it also opens up an opportunity for boundaries to become very blurred and very slippery, and just to provide an opportunity, just just a physical opportunity of a of a vacuum for some more calories to come in, less efficient on the burning side when they go out, and we have an opportunity here to, to put a couple of boundaries in place that support our fasting and our fasting lifestyle and will accelerate those results and allow us to, to like bear the fruit of our, of our results on the fasting side too. So I I love this conversation and the, and the resource as well.
0: Yeah. And I want to make sure because I still suck at this full transparency. This Mm -hmm. is not something that I'm good at. Okay. Me being able to like push sleep into the gray area and just say, no, I'll get it done. No, I'll work harder. No, I'll Mm. do X, Y, or Z for the family and my wife right now. We're, you know, obviously I'm in full support mode with having a new baby at home. And, you know, so yes, I am, I'm, I'm not good at this. So just having this conversation and and the whoop and the, the, the realization of where I was to where I am now. And the fact that Mm -hmm. we say this and we mean this truly, that we are on this journey with you, yeah. this fasting for life, this, the name of the podcast, the name of the website, thefastingforlife.com, like Mm. was by design because this is a fasting lifestyle and a fasting journey, which results in better health and better quality of life And today's conversation about sleep is one that obviously for us, Tommy, has been something that hits very close to home. So as we wrap up today, how to get great sleep, you wanna go to the website, thefastingforlife.com. You can click the link in the show notes. You can type it in or try to voice dictate it on your iPhone. But for me, that (laughs) never works out. Um, Go to the resources tab. We'll zoom it over into your inbox. Um, And these are uh, things that you can put into your day-to-day life And, um, I just want to encourage everybody that you got to start somewhere. So pick Mm -hmm. one thing tonight, just simplify it. Um, if you've been off your fasting journey and you're, you're struggling to find to keep that momentum, go check out the resources. We've got some other cool resources for you there as well. The fast start guide, um, which will help you get back on track, which is now comes with, uh, 20 minutes of video support also. So cool. Tommy. Yeah. Great conversation, sir. I appreciate it as always uh, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye.
1: So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on
0: iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.